condition are going to stop me uh, from giving God the praise tonight. Uh, I wish somebody uh, would just ran back in this place uh, and shout one more. Sunday school. I think we ought to give God a praise for that. I got something to add to that devil. Uh, you ain't seen uh, nothing yet. Oh, what a move of God in this house this morning. When we finished, Anna was baptized in Jesus' name uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, help me give God a praise for that tonight. And there's no telling what God wants to do before we leave this house tonight. Amen, somebody. Grab your Bibles. I'm going to go straight to the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. I, I went home this morning and, and felt like I was not yet released from what the word of the Lord was giving to us this morning, Brother Stewart. And I felt like God said, I'm going to throw the ball at you one more time. Take another swing at it. But we're going to shift directions just a little bit tonight. I believe there's a breakthrough waiting to happen in the sanctuary tonight. I just need about 200 radical people tonight. I said there's a breakthrough. First Samuel chapter 22 verse number one is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me tonight. First Samuel chapter 22 and verse number one says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in 
distress. And everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart and get thee into the land of Judah. And for a few moments tonight, I, I simply just going to preach part two from this morning. And I want to preach to you from this thought. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. I need somebody to go ahead and get that word in your mouth. Turn around and declare it to your neighbor. Tell them I'm coming out of this. Throw the trash, sweep the floor, leave the key on the counter. I'm not coming back to this place anymore. I'm coming. Oh my God, I wish somebody would. You ought to pack your bags right now. You ought to get some fuel in the car right now. Because I'm leaving this cave. to preach with me you may be seated tonight there's a lot of Holy Ghost in this room right now I don't care how long you've been there I don't care how many years you've got invested in it I don't care God said tonight you're coming out of it I'm coming out of it when God says you're coming out, uh, chains have to be broken. Uh, when God says you're coming out, uh, now in order to, to, to really catch the full weight of this text tonight, we have to back up from chapter 22. And you really have to read chapter 21 to understand what's happening here you understand that David had been facing some great challenges in his life as a matter of fact for many chapters sister Delisha we find King David running for his life from King Saul on its face that doesn't sound too treacherous but understand that he was running from the king. Someone that he had been loyal to. Someone that he had fought for. Somebody that he had served as a servant to. And to make it even more interesting, he became David's family. David married Saul's daughter, and when things began to go south, 
King Saul manipulated the relationships, Brother Michael, and he took his daughter away from David and sent her to live with another man. Some of y'all think you got family problems. And so David's father-in-law who has turned against him and, and is now chasing David throughout the land trying to eliminate him. And, and David displays an incredible level of moral character because on more than one occasion he had the opportunity to take revenge and, and to even take the life of the king but but David made up in his mind uh, that he would not touch the Lord's uh, anointed uh, and so no matter how difficult it became uh, David kept his mouth closed uh, he kept his hands clean uh, he kept his heart right uh, and waited for God uh, to take care of him and so in his running from King Saul, the Bible tells us that he ran to uh, King Achish, uh, that was king of Gath, and uh, perhaps he felt that maybe there he could find some respite uh, from the journey and the running. Uh, but the Bible tells us that when he got there, uh, that there were some of King Achish's servants that spotted David. And when they saw him, they said, is this not the man that they danced for and that they sang about, declaring Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands? And the Bible said that when David heard this, he knew that he was in trouble. And so sure enough, the servants of the king bring David before King Achish and the Bible says that David was so desperate in this situation that he, he was trying to think of a way out of this scenario and so what he did is when they brought him before the king the Bible says that he feigned himself mad David started acting like he was losing his mind. Now some of us don't have to act very much for people to get that impression, but I'll preach that on another service. But the Bible says that when David got before the king, uh, that, that he began to, uh, I don't know what he was saying, uh, I don't know what his facial expressions looked like, uh, but, but he started to act like he was losing uh, his mind. And the Bible says that he was scrabbling, he was scraping the, the walls, and, and he was scratching at the door, and he started letting spit run down uh, his face in front uh, of the king. And, and and the word of the Lord tells us uh, that when the king saw him, uh, he became uh, angry. He, he, was, uh, he, he was indignant of the fact uh, that his servants brought this man uh, who was out of his mind before uh, the dignity of the king. Uh, and he said, uh, am I in need uh, of a madman? Uh, is this why you brought him here? Uh, get him out of my face. Uh, get him out from in front of my throne. Uh, and so according to the king's word uh, they put 
David out. And so maybe David wasn't so crazy after all. And he escapes what could have been treacherous results of being captured by King Achish. And so it is on the heels of this story that we find David here in the cave of Atulam, a man who knew what it was like to be betrayed, a man that knew what it was like to be about uh, a man that knew what it was like uh, to serve people uh, who turned their back on you uh, a man who knew what it was like uh, to serve God uh, and yet have to wonder God uh, why uh, am I having to go through uh, what I'm going through uh, right now uh, and so it was a culmination uh, of life that came upon David uh, and the Bible says uh, that he went uh, to a cave uh, called uh, Adullam. And there are a few distinctions uh, concerning Adullam uh, that, that, that to me uh, make the text uh, very uh, interesting. Uh, number one uh, is the Bible tells us uh, that he went down. Tell your neighbor he went down. He went down to Adullam. Adullam was a low place. It wasn't on top of a mountain. It did not afford you a view. It was a place that represented a low setting. They went down into Adullam. And I don't know about you, but I've been to some places in life before where it felt like I was going down, where it felt like I was getting lower, where it felt like the weight of life took me to a place uh, that kept going down uh, and then when I thought I hit the bottom uh, a door opened up uh, and another I just need a few real people in the building uh, and another door opened and some more steps uh, took me down a little bit further uh, and when I thought I had finally reached the bottom uh, it was more disappointment uh, and it was more come on does anybody know uh, what I'm talking about and what it's like uh, to be in uh, a low place uh, this is what a dulem was like. It was a place that was a low place. The second thing, Brother Michael, come help me, is if you read, the scripture tells us that it was a hold. What that means is that it had a characteristic about it that wasn't really didn't lean, lend itself to letting you out of its environment. And so it just kind of uh, held on to you. Uh, and the more you tried uh, to get away, uh, just a little easier, Bubba. Uh, don't make me embarrass you in front of all these people. Uh, I'm just kidding. But it, it just held on to you. And, and you just when you thought you were getting away it, it it grabbed on somewhere else and and just when you thought you you had broke free uh, it, it held on to you uh, does anybody knows what I'm talking about where where there's been a 
time that, that you were in a low place uh, and you wanted to get out of the situation and, and you wanted to break free, but, but it just felt like you couldn't break loose uh, of the low place and, and you just couldn't break free. Uh, it was just holding uh, on to you and it wouldn't uh, let you go. This is what uh, the cave of Dulem was like. It, it just held on to you. And despite my prayer meeting and despite dancing before the Lord and, and quoting scriptures and uh, despite the fact that I that I believe in paying, uh, despite the fact I've been faithful and giving my tithes and offering and despite that, it just keeps uh, holding. Uh, it just keeps uh, holding on to me uh, and it will not just preaching to some people in the building uh, that know what it's like uh, to have a difficult time uh, breaking free uh, from some low places uh, in your life. It was a low place and it was a hold. And when you study the etymology of the word adulam, the word adulam means that it was a closed in place. In other words, it was a place that looked like Sister Teresa. There was no way out of it. When you got in the cave of Adulam, it was difficult to find a way to get out of it. Once you sink to the low place, once you get down there, once you arrive, not only does it hold on to you, but if you happen to break free of its grip, you look around and say, I can't even see a way out of this. I don't even see how. There's no door. There's no window. I don't see any change. Come on, am I preaching to anybody in the building? that's ever been in a low place before that you said God I can't see my way out of this I don't know what this is supposed to be but God I don't even know where the door is I don't even know what direction to face I don't even know what prayer to be praying I don't even know what I'm supposed to be thinking about I don't is there anybody in the building that's ever been in a closed in place God if you'd at least show me and point me in the right direction God if you would at least just give me a clue but I'm in a low place and it's holding on to me and I can't see my way out this is what a doulum was it was in a low place I can't see to break free and even if I break free now what do I do now where do I go now which direction am I supposed to, to be and so David is in this place when the Bible says that all of the sudden David's brethren and his father come down to where he is uh -huh. see when you get stuck in a low place you create a gravitational pull on the people that are around you 
and it ends up that not only are you in the low place, but pretty soon the people you're closest to are dragged down into the low place. I'm just preaching to somebody in the building. You better be aware that as you sink further and further, it's not just your own peril that is at stake, but sometimes the people that are closest to you are affected by the low place that you're stuck in. And I don't know what his disposition was like. But this was literally a low place in David's life. He's finally succumbed to his fears. We preached about it this morning. He finally succumbed. He fought for a long time, Brother Judah. And he kept his head up for a long time ducking and dodging and, and writing psalms of encouragement while he was being chased. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, he, he was writing songs and doing his best, but somewhere uh, he finally uh, succumbed to a place uh, where he said, I'm done. Uh, I'm just going to find a cave uh, and I'm going to crawl into it. Uh, and he sunk lower uh, and lower uh, until he got in that cave. Uh, and now... Uh, I don't know what his disposition was like, but the law of attraction began to kick in. And the Bible said that all of the sudden, there were men who started coming to the cave where David was. About 400, Sister Tylen, men that began to come where David was. And you would think to yourself, oh good, I got some help that's going to show up. I got some, maybe if I can get some people that can see where I'm at and I got some people that, uh, that, that I can get around to be uh, an encouragement. Maybe I can, I can do a little bit better. Uh, but the Bible tells us uh, that these men uh, had a particular uh, proclivity. There was a particular category of men uh, that began to come to where David was. And the Bible says uh, they were men that were in debt. got quiet up in here okay it'll be just me and sister Mandy preaching right now just me and her huh? the debt free come here well, let's just preach me and you uh, these guys uh, were in debt sister Mandy uh, and there's nothing uh, that can steal your victory uh, like being in debt uh, I know you can't say amen right now uh, cause you look bougie uh, and you want everybody to think you got Trump money uh, but oh, I need some real people in the building uh, if people only knew uh, some of the weight you've had to carry uh, oh the nights you've laid down wondering uh, how am I gonna pay that bill uh, how am I going to get that? Come on, somebody. Uh, you don't know uh, what it's like to have restless nights uh, until you're covered up in debt. Is that the sound of the fan? Mm, I don't know what key that is, but maybe we got to preach in that key. Sorry, musician problems. My ear just doesn't stop. Mm. Sound like it might be F. Maybe not. F's a little too low. What key is that in? Pardon me, y'all. D? B. See, if it was in B flat, we'd be all right. Thank you. We're good. Where was I? Oh, yeah. They were in debt. 
And I don't know what David was manifesting in his personality, but he began to attract people that were in debt. Broke people like to hang out together. See, somebody said they got to try to eat. They got to combine their groceries. That's why they together. They got to share gas money to get to the stove. But they was, they was broke, baby. They couldn't pay attention. So I need some help. I need some people to be, to be some broke people. Come on, come on, brother Desmond. Now, Desmond ain't broke. He might be in between blessings occasionally, but he ain't broke. Now, you look way too good to be broke right now. See, I take the jacket off. Yeah, you're looking like a million dollars right now. And the broke person, probably their vest is unbuttoned. Come on, make it quick. Y'all still in my preaching time. His vest probably all messed up. His ties probably messed up and you know he's, he's he's broke busted and disgusted now I want you to put your pockets out of your pants your pockets come out of your pants oh look at the money coming right out there look at the money coming right out you notice ain't no dollar bills fell out the pocket no dollar bills just just let that let that other pocket all the way out yeah just make that pocket hang on okay I, I need one more broke person to come help me real quick. Somebody just come be. Come on, Brother Cornelius. Let's just come be broke real quick. Leave your jacket there. I mean, yes. Untuck your shirt a little bit. Yeah, he, probably his glasses were like, one of them was broken. Yeah, it was broke. You know, he, could, he couldn't afford to get another one. Get your, get your pockets out. Yeah. Man, he didn't have nothing fall out of his pockets. He, Sister Celine. Not even a dollar. Y'all, y'all, whoa, I'm about to be broke myself. Come on, stand right here, guys. The Lord will take thee up, lest thou dash thy feet against the side. Okay, right in front of the pulpit. Y'all just stand right there. And y'all got to act broke. I mean, you just, you're, you're looking at your pockets. You're staying in character. Yeah, you're trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Okay. And then the Bible says that there were men that were distressed. They were stressed out. Distress is the antithesis of, the, uh, uh, of what the Bible tells us to be. They, they were stressed. And so, Brother John, I want you to come help me. Brother Brandon, y'all, come, come help me here. You're going to be stressed out. You got to mess up your hair really good because you've been like, you just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what my hair looks like when I mess it up too. Huh? Yeah, come on. And y'all are, y'all, y'all are. Yeah, you're. You got a headache, and you're trying to figure things out, and you're stressed out, and 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 whatever David had going on in Adullam, the law of attraction was in effect. You know the old saying, misery. Misery loves company. 
And it's, isn't it amazing how birds of a feather will flock together? Ain't it something that when you're in your low point and you really need somebody that's at a better place than you, you don't hook up with the people that can help you. If you're not careful, you'll connect with people that are in the same mess that you're in. Oh, come on. I'm going to preach here for a minute. Because if you find yourself in that situation, you have a high probability of never making it out. Because what happens is all the people in the group become supporters and self-help enablers of each other. We all just justify each other's excuses. Why I'm upset. Why I'm... Come on. When you got a problem, the last people you need to be around are people that are going to sit at the table and listen to you complain and join in and complain. Come on, I'm preaching really good right now. The best thing you can get when you're in these situations is somebody that'll look at you and say, come on, girl. It's not as bad as you think it is. You need to get up out of here. Stop that foolish talking. I wish I had a witness in the building. When you're in these situations, you need to find a friend that ain't afraid of you that'll look you in the eye and tell you you're acting crazy. Get your mind and your heart right. Stay in character. Y'all in front of there. The broke guys. No, the broke guys. Y'all stay. Y'all right here. Come on, y'all stay in character. You stress out. Stress out. You stress me out. Oh, never mind. It's an old apostolic song from the 60s. And so he had people that were in debt. He had people that were stressed out. And then the Bible says that he attracted men who were discontented. These are probably the most dangerous of all of them. You know what discontented people do? They complain all the time. Oh yeah, I knew I wouldn't get any amens right there. Discontented people uh, are the antithesis of what the Apostle Paul said. I have learned in whatsoever state that I'm in, uh, therewith to be uh, content. But discontented people uh, ain't got nothing but complaints about everything. Oh, the music too loud. Oh, the music too soft. Oh, it's too hot. Oh, they ain't got enough parking places. Oh, they ain't got this. He preached too long. He didn't preach long enough. He's too deep. He's uh, he's too shallow. He's too loud. No, 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 no. Discontented people uh, just can't be happy about nothing. Uh, can't be excited about nothing. Uh, they're discontented with everything. No, 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 y'all, y'all got to be the broke guys. Y'all keep moving. That's why you're broke, because you can't follow instructions. Now, stay in front of the pulpit. You ain't going to keep a job if you can't follow instructions. Yeah, you go keep your pockets out, no money. Help them, Jesus. They just doing a really good job. So now I need a couple of discontented folks. Come here, Brother Hammond. Brother, Brother Nick, come help me. Y'all are going to be discontented. Y'all, y'all going to be complainers. Okay? Complain. You're not happy. You're pointing out everybody else's faults. You're pointing out everything that's wrong. The glass is half empty. Now, be careful pointing at them girls over there. No, 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 no. That ain't going to work. You will find yourself in trouble. Brother Nick, don't mess up your dating life before you ever get started. But... 
complaining, complaining. You got to put the looks. Okay? And so, David is in a predicament. David is over here in a low place that he can't seem to get himself out of and he can't see a way out. And furthermore, now he's surrounded by men who are in debt, who are discontented, men who are stressed out. This is the company that David is keeping in the cave of Adullam. And the Bible says that he became the captain of them. <laughs> well, I ain't got time to preach all this good stuff. <laughs> he became the captain of them. Oh, they were messed up. They were all messed up. But I want to preach to somebody tonight uh, that when you're in the middle of the cave uh, and you're discontented uh, and you're in debt uh, and you're distressed, uh, you don't need a psychology book. Uh, I know I'm going to preach it again tonight. Uh, you don't need a diagnosis uh, from a psychologist. Uh, what you need uh, is a word uh, from the Lord. Come on, I'm going to preach till I get some help up in here. Uh, I'm going to tell you something that concerns me uh, in the apostolic world, uh, and that's our love affair uh, with psychology uh, and our love affair uh, with, with medical science uh, that wants to tell us uh, that the answer uh, is to medicate ourselves uh, and the answer uh, is to take medicine uh, for all uh, of our issues. Uh, come on, uh, I'm going to be very bold and tell you, uh, I don't care if they're apostolic uh, and they got a million followers uh, on Instagram. Uh, if their advice uh, is contrary to the word of the Lord, uh, let God be true uh, and every uh, man uh, a liar. Is depression real? Of course it is. Is mental illness real? Of course it is. But I'm going to tell you, our lives are not built on modern-day medical science. Our lives are built on the word of the Lord. And I don't see anywhere in the scripture uh, them calling for a physician uh, to deal with their mind and their depression uh, and their anxiety. Uh, what I do find is a scripture uh, in the word of the Lord uh, that says, I sent uh, my word uh, to heal them. I wish I had a church uh, that would shout up in this place. I'm not against medicine. Uh, Lord knows I take it when I need it. Uh, I'm not against going to the doctor, been there, uh, done that, uh, paid the bills for it. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, before I ever consult a physician, uh, before I ever listen to medical science, uh, I'm going to consult uh, with the great physician. Uh, and his word uh, was sent uh, to heal them. David didn't need a therapist. God didn't send him a therapist with a degree to talk through his challenges. Now, David, why don't you tell me, starting as a 13-year-old, all the things that have happened to you? You want to know what's so awesome about the God you serve? He already knows it all. 
You ain't got to get him up to speed because it all happened under his watchful eye. God didn't send him a therapist. He didn't send him a psychologist. Not even an apostolic one. You want to know what God did send? When David was at his low point uh, and he was in the cave uh, and he was surrounded by distress uh, and debt uh, and discontentment, he sent a man of God, uh, a prophet uh, with a word from God uh, for David. I just need a church up in the building. Uh, I came to preach to somebody uh, that what you need tonight uh, is a word uh, from Almighty God. Uh, his word will bring you out. Uh, his word uh, will set you free. I just need some shouters in the building. Uh, his word. His word will strengthen you. Uh, his word will encourage you. Uh, his word uh, will give you revelation. Uh, his word will bring an answer. Uh, his word can stop the sun. Uh, his word uh, can part a Red Sea. Uh, his word uh, can heal blinded eyes. Uh, his word uh, heal the per paralysis. Uh, his word uh, raised a man from the grave. Uh, and I came to preach to you. Uh, that his word uh, will bring you out uh, of your cave tonight. Woo. And so God sends the prophet. And the prophet looks at David and says, David, I want you to get up and get out of the hold. Listen, here's how some of us would have responded to the man of God. Oh, you're going to tell me to pray again. As if I haven't been praying about my situation. Oh, it's getting quiet up in here. It blows me away when people come to me with all these issues and I say, you know what? You know what you need to do? Go spend some time in Holy Ghost prayer. They wanted me to give them some, some word from the mystics uh, with some unlocking key of knowledge. Uh, baby, you're too deep. You're too deep. You're overthinking it. Uh, there's nothing greater uh, than what Holy Ghost prayer uh, can do in your life. Uh, there's nothing. Come on. I just need a church that believes this tonight. Uh, there's nothing greater you can do uh, than to get in the Holy Ghost uh, and begin to pray. Uh, every answer uh, to every problem uh, is held in the hand of your God. Uh, every power uh, and every ability to every situation uh, is held in the hand of your I'm afraid there's too many people first lady that would have responded to the man of God and just said oh, here we go again pray, uh, pray some more here we go again. You know, I've literally heard people say, I don't want to hear that again. I don't want to hear anybody tell me to go pray again about it. Where do we have to get in our faith to let those kind of words come out of our mouth? 
Where do we have to get in our faith to say that a conversation with God is subpar to what I need? You know what I'm saying? This is too hard for God. This is too hard for a prayer meeting. You know what you're telling me? That you don't have faith in prayer. That you don't believe prayer can make a difference. But we come on, we've been studying it. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You renew your mind according to the scripture by praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Book knowledge and science will never replace and can never compete with a move of God in your life. Man of God showed up. Ooh. Give me the deep mysteries to get me out of a doolum. You know what he said? Get up and leave. Huh? I said, get up and leave. You want to know what that tells me? Y'all ready for this deep revelation? Him staying there was a choice. He could have got out the whole time. He had chose to stay there. He reinforced his decision. He reinforced his pathology about why he was, why do you think Jesus had to look at one man and say, wilt thou be made whole? Because you've been here so long, you could have been healed. But it seems to me that you got a lot of reasons for being on the porch. I came to preach to somebody in the building. It's time to make a decision and a choice that I'm coming out of this. I'm not living here another day. I'm not staying in this place another day. I'm coming out of this. Man, y'all help me. My voice almost gone. I'm going to wrap this up. All right. You want me to come out of this? Tell me where I'm supposed to go. You want me to go to the temple in Jerusalem? Do you want me to go before the priest? Is there a ritual that you want me to, to do to get out of this? He said, no, it's simple. Get you to the land of Judah. It's so simple. Some of you are missing it tonight. God said, I'll tell you what you need to do is get ready to give God the praise. Some of y'all still sitting down like you're in English class in high school. I came to preach to you tonight that if you're going to get out of the cave of Adullam, you got to get yourself to the land of Judah. Come on, you gotta make up in your mind. I'm gonna give God the praise. I'm headed from my low place into the land of praise. I'm headed from the cave to a place of praise. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to get your hands in the air and start making a declaration. I'm coming out of this. Out of this. I'm coming. Come on. It's time to come out right now. It's time to 
step out of the cave right now. It's time to step out of the darkness right now. Come on. Somebody right now. Somebody right now. respond and that's the pediatrics of praise that's where songs are born like I feel like praising praising him I feel well I'm glad you feel like praising him but what about when you don't feel like praising him walk with God is based on feelings then you're not going to make it when the storm comes because the only way you can stay in the air as a pilot when the storm comes is you have to have IFR rating instrument flight rating and when you have IFR license they teach you how to override your senses attention to how you feel because how you feel why because your feelings are not reliable is this is this too simple your feelings are not reliable they're fickle you get offended too easy we get confused too easy we get hurt we want to take vengeance I know none of y'all can say amen Your physical body can be deceived. An air, a, a pilot will get vertigo. What is vertigo? Their senses get tricked 
into thinking they're going one direction when they're really headed a different direction. And if the only rating you have is visual rating, uh, you're going to depend on your senses uh, and you're going to take a left uh, when you should have gone right. But if you have instrument rating, they teach you to override your feelings and to read the instrument because the instrument is not subject to your emotions. The instrument is not subject to your human capacity. The instrument will tell you the truth no matter how you feel. And so when I'm coming out, I can't listen to my flesh. Go back uh, to the instrument. And the instrument tells me, uh, I will bless the Lord uh, at all times. So whether I feel like it or not, uh, I gotta give him praise. Come on. The instrument tells me, bless the Lord, uh, oh my soul. Within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I came to preach to somebody.
he's telling everybody, don't you worry about Saul. You just get to the land of Judah. What about my reputation? Don't worry about your reputation. Put it on the cross and start getting yourself to the land of Judah. What about my safety? Quit worrying about your safety. God's hand is on you. What about my future? Quit worrying about your future and give him the praise today. Come on, you're in God's hand. I said you're in God's hand. I said you're in God's hand. I said you're in God's hand. this moment tonight don't you underestimate the potential of this moment because from that day forward they were never referred to as in debt discontented or distressed ever again there was an identity change that happened when they walked out of that cave and from that moment forward they were referred to as David's mighty men of valor somebody needs to pick your head up throw your hands in the air and let the devil know I'm not the same person that I am when I walked in the door tonight I'm not the same person Shut 